Hey everybody, how y'all doing? Welcome back to another episode of Everybody's Homegirl Podcast with me, your favorite homegirl, Tracy Cass. Today on the show, I had the pleasure of interviewing or speaking with, because you know I don't interview, I have conversations. I had a great conversation with Chuka Akpong. Chuka is the founder and CEO of the Renaissance Man Book Club which is a Dallas-based book club and 501c3 nonprofit organization that seeks to bridge the gap between academia and entertainment. It surrounds the holistic wellness of Black men. Chuka originated from Wake Forest, North Carolina, and he moved to Dallas after graduating from UNC Chapel Hill in 2020, where he began his career as a PepsiCo marketeer in Dallas, Texas. So welcome everybody, Chuka, to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I hope you are able to feel Chuka's passion, joy, and love around Black men, reading, and wellness. Thanks and have a great day. Hey Chuka. Hello, how you doing? Fine, and you? How was I'm your good. week? My week was good. My week was good. Um, this week has been interesting. I feel like I've met. Uh, I feel like every every day of adulthood is very interesting for me because I'm like new to the adulting stuff, right? Like, <laughs> I want to say I'm in like my junior year of adulthood, and oh. of, of, I guess like phase one of adulthood, right? <laughs> um, and <laughs> All of that has been littered with revelation day by day. And I think this, and so every every week, every month feels like a new story being told or a new part of it. And I think this one was like focused on um, like new introductions, like new characters that I think will play a, a, a interesting role in, in the development of, of my story. And so it's been a very like, I wanna say like intentional week um, of connecting with some really dope people. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, that's a good opportunity, I guess, to tell people how you how I know you and who you are. Today on the show, I have Chuka Akpom, and he is a marketing analyst and CEO of a nonprofit 501c3 book club, the Renaissance Man Book Club. And their mission is designed to get black men involved in reading and encourage self-healing and self-care through the act of reading. So I we kind of met normally on the show, Truka. I have like my friends and I feel like I, you know, through adulthood, growing up, college, yeah. I feel like uh, I've met some really great people just like you and they're really smart in different mm-hmm. ways. So, you know, the pandemic happened and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna bring my friends on the show and we're gonna just talk about different stuff. That's why it's called yeah. Everybody's Own Girl. So mm-hmm. you are my new homeboy. Okay, I like that. I like that. And we met kind of on accident. <laughs> you sent me a message <laughs> on Instagram and say, "Hey, you remember the shirt you said you were gonna uh, buy? We're about to launch, and you know you can pre-order." And I'm thinking, <laughs> I met, and you told me you was like, "I met you at the Martin Luther King Parade." 
And I was mm-hmm. like, I have no idea what he's talking about. No idea what this man is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to your page because every time somebody messages me, I will view the profile to make sure it's right. not spam. And I was right. like, well, I'm already following him, following the book club. So it can't be spam. And I was at the Martin Luther King parade. So I must have said it. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll buy the t-shirt. <laughs> And that's how we became new friends. Yeah, and then yeah, friends. about two or three days, I guess maybe might have even been a week or two. I was like, this is a pretty cool thing he's doing. Let me see if he'll be willing to come on the show and talk about it. So welcome <laughs> and nice to meet you. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Okay, so to confirm, were you at so the PepsiCo MLK uh, event, were you there? I was at the Martin Luther King Parade in Fort Worth. Mm, Which okay. one were you talking about? I was talking about the one at PepsiCo. That's where I worked. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it was so. See, you know, it was meant to be. That's it was meant. Because <laughs> I was, and the funny thing is, uh-huh. growing up in Fort Worth, we do the Martin Luther. Martin Luther King, the MLK parade every year. But as an educator, I'm a teacher. I don't go because I'm like, this is a holiday for me. MLK wants me to rest. I never go. And this year I decided to go. So that's funny because normally I would have said, I would, he's not talking. I was definitely not there. I was not there. I'm resting. Okay. (laughs) But I love the shirt. So I was like, okay. And we're going to talk about that later in the show. Before we get started, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to get to know you a little bit better. And so the um, listeners can understand who you are and where you're from. So, you know, I had to kind of do a little research. So I went on your LinkedIn page (laughs) (laughs) and it says you are a marketing analyst and you went to UNC School of Media and Journalism. Yes, Is that University of North Carolina? Yes, ma'am. Chapel Hill. Are you originally from there or where are you from? So okay, so I'm my family's Nigerian. So I, okay. I would like to say I'm from Nigeria, but like uh I guess ideologically I'm from Nigeria, right? The way mm-hmm. that I was like socialized. Um, but I was born in Georgia and raised in North Carolina, like Raleigh, North Carolina specifically. So I went to school probably like 40-ish minutes away from home. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up in Dallas? Uh through my job. I got my I, so I landed um my my role at PepsiCo through uh program called MLTs, like Management and Leadership for Tomorrow. And they, mm-hmm. uh, they're they all about getting minorities into corporate settings. Um, and oh. they do a fantastic job at that. And so they uh, have a whole bunch of different partners, a, different, a whole bunch of different corporate partners. And I ended up um, really connecting with PepsiCo at one of our uh, seminars in, I want to say like August of 20, like 18 or 19 or something like 2018. Got an internship summer 2019 for PepsiCo in Dallas. Loved it. And so I decided to, and I got an offer. So I came back. And so um, I started working probably like July of 2020. Um, and I've been there for like two and a half, but no, pushing three years now. It'll be three years in July. So that's what brought me to, to Dallas. Okay. Well, why marketing? What made mm. you want to be a, a marketing analyst or anything in marketing? Yeah. So, so my, it's, it's interesting, right? Cause it's like, I think I was figuring things out as I go. I think, okay, so context. Being Nigerian, you, if you know Nigerians, you've probably heard this. We, we have like three options in terms of career paths, right? So it's like lawyer, doctor, engineer. You know, the fourth one is the disgrace. And so, I, <laughs> you know, um, so I, um, I think I knew that I didn't want to do something conventional. Um, and for as long as I remember, like I, I've always had a variety of interests 
um, and have tried to figure out where they all intersect. Um, and I've, I've recognized I've always been a leader, right? That's always been a thing. I've always like been a problem solver and like an innovator in terms of creating systems or, in, or, or my forms of institutions that address a particular problem that um, that exists or that I've identified and that resonates with me. And so uh, I think along those lines, like having that in the back of my head, one thing that I also knew is that like, I like running a business, right? Like I like um, brands specifically. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool for me to have like my own brand um, or like to be a brand manager. And so that is kind of when marketing became appealing or rather like that's when like I began to or that's how I began to justify my like location in marketing right like because I didn't necessarily like I don't really know what I was getting into even when I signed up for business because like you mentioned I went to school of media and journalism I majored in PR so like I wasn't really thinking about business I wanted to be Olivia Pope right like I wanted to you know fix somebody's problems or run a campaign behind the scenes but God had other plans and those other plans led me to marketing and I thought okay I was like okay if I'm going to do business, you know, like running a brand, you know, I guess all of this kind of sounds similar. And so then I did like a case study um, that was really interesting. And I was like, okay, like marketing, we're going to, we're going to go with that. Um, and then, like I said, like having identified those interests of like running a brand, I was like, okay, so this is where I learned how to run my own brand. Um, mm. And so then working for PepsiCo, like, and some of the biggest brands, I guess, like in the world, um, that is, that is what's, drawn me or rather like I feel like it, it, it's it is where I've, I've, I've been supposed to to be right like mm. in this space of seeing how people think about getting the world to love a product um and building a story behind it or rather starting with a story identifying the product that you know complements the story and being able to create authentic uh connections between an audience and that story and product um so it's like it's it's like all of the creative things but you like turn that into running a business and you turn mm -hmm. and you add this layer of empathy to it um which i think is really what makes marketing um impactful is the empathy and the understanding of the people who you're marketing towards um and so when you have something that's really meaningful that's rooted in like a, a meaningful insight um that opens the door to just so much, um, so much impact, right? And and that is why I'm in marketing is the impact through like that human connection that's channeled into like a business um, solution. Okay, okay. So, is there anything else you want people to know that that you'd like to share before we get to talk about the impact that you are having through your other organization, your other role? Uh, no. I think I think we've we've covered it. We've covered okay. It. Okay, so you are currently the CEO of the Renaissance Man Book Club. So at first I want to start with, in order for me, for anybody to want to do a book club, for most of people, you have to love reading. So how and when did you fall in love with reading? So that's a, that is a very interesting question. So, uh, I mean, so when I was a kid, I, 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 like my parents would always make us read during the summer, right? Like, they didn't want us to lose a brain cell or waste a brain cell in between. Like it was like everybody was outside, but we were doing these huge workbooks 
Um, and also, like, my mom would have us read these books, write these summaries, she'd take us to the library, actually. And it is crazy, because now that we're talking about this, or now that I'm bringing this up, it's like, it's unlocking a, a, a core memory. Um, but I remember she would take us to the library, and I, uh, the first book that I, I think I really picked up or that I remember reading is like the series of unfortunate events. Uh, Lemony Snicket's is a series of unfortunate events. And I read the whole series, which was super impressive because the vocabulary in that book, like I had to look up like every word. I remember looking up a lot of stuff. Um, but, and so like, I really enjoyed that. Like my siblings, <laughs> it was funny because my siblings, like they would, you know, uh, they would be in their rooms because we'd all go to our rooms to read. Mm -hmm. And they'd be in there, I don't know what they was doing. But I, what I do know is that they would only ever, like, literally reiterate what was on the... Because you know how the back of books give you the summary? They would really write that down, you know? <laughs> um, but I was really sitting here, like, am I, like, reading? Like, thinking about, it, okay, am I okay, put this here, this here, that here? Um, so I, 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 I think that my mom, like, first got us, like, hip to reading. But then, like, in, I, I took, like, a couple English classes um, in high school, like AP English. And then literary analysis really stood out to me. You know, being able to like look beneath the surface of the words and understand what is really being communicated here, like finding things, right? Like, because I think I'm a deep thinker, right? And I like to connect the dots. I like to understand the story behind the story. Um, and like having the opportunity to do so, like the literature was really impactful for me. But then I stopped. Once I got to college, I was like, no, 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 not doing this. Because one, I didn't have time. But then two, I started to take up this like, mindset of like oh reading is lame you know um and and it stuck it stuck I didn't I think I I don't I can't count how many I don't think I've, I read a book like outside of like what I needed to be for class if that like I don't think I really read a book throughout my, my four years at college um and going into uh I would say you know post-grad until like I had a friend um her name is Taylor she's a great human um, and she is, she's super well-read. She's read almost everything. And, <laughs> um, and like, she would always like, whenever I would ask her a question or something about her perspective, she would either send a book or an article. And I'm like, Taylor, mm -hmm. I'm not reading this. Like, you know, I don't like to read. Like, why are you summarize it? Um, <laughs> and she's very <laughs> adamant about people working for the knowledge that, you know, that we <clears throat> need to have to be like, to exist as fully functioning humans. So she would never summarize it. She'd be like, no, you got to read it. And I'd be like, okay. And I wouldn't read it. So anywho, <laughs> I got to a point around 2021, December, where I was like, this is not cool to not want to read. You know, like that's, that is as a grown man, as an adult, as somebody that is intelligent, right? There's, there's no reason for me to be rejecting knowledge. Like that's, that's counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to, not stop my progress as a human. I'm gonna get out of my own way. Um, and this is after like months and maybe years of her like hounding me like Chuka, read, 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 read. And so I, I, I largely like, like my mom, I would say initially kind of piqued my interest in mm -hmm. reading um, by force, <clears throat> not like aggressive, but like by force. And then like AP English high school was like, okay, there's something deeper here. But then my friend Taylor really was like, this is necessary. And she's the one that recommended like All About Love, which was my first, the first book that I read. Um, the first book we read as a book club. Uh, and that book is what, and the transformation that I've 
that I feel like resulted from reading that book is is really what captivated me and locked me in on this journey of reading. Okay. So I'm kind of going to get out of order a, a little bit yeah. because I want to know, it seems like you enjoy the story behind the story. And that seems to be related to also your journey with marketing. So is that how marketing relates to your, this journey with you starting the book club or in mm. what ways do you yeah. get marketing in your book club or your reading relate? Okay. That's a great question. I think, so I, I like, I didn't realize what I was getting from my role until I saw the output. Mm -hmm. And what that means is there, there was no in, like initial, like this and this go together. Mm -hmm. It was more so as I was beginning to develop the story behind the book club, right? Like as I was beginning to like articulate the vision, it's like, oh, this is directly like transferable from like my experience in marketing. Cause in marketing, um, CBG marketing specifically, like what, um, I've been consistently like taught as like, it's about the storytelling. It's about the storytelling. How do you bring people along? Like, how do you think about the most comprehensive way to take this recommendation, this business idea and like make it relevant to every person that you're presenting it to? It's like, what's the story? You know, mm -hmm. what's the problem to solve? And then what's the story that explains that problem? Um, so I think like the connection with marketing is more like functionally, like how I've been able to, I guess like, bring the vision to life versus like there being an initial like overall like connection and synthesis that or um, synergy that I that I identify that made me equally passionate about both. It was more so pursuing my passion in this area made like the work that I do even more relevant because this is giving me the skill set to articulate a story, develop the 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 meaning behind the brand um, and like tactically put it together, bring people along. Um, and now I'm like, okay, there's an appreciation. There's a deeper appreciation for this piece, which is marketing. All right. So that that's a good way to go into the next question, which is why did you start the Renaissance Man Book Club? Like, so why was it important for you to bring this vision to life? What made you say, hey, we need to come together and read as a collective and a community and use that to heal ourselves? Yeah. Um, I mean, quick question reason. though, why did you even think it was possible given the stigma that black men have that yeah. they don't read? Yeah, that's, that's a, no, that's a great question. Um, there are so, I, I struggle with this question because there were so many reasons and I think that's, that's kind of how God works in my life, right? Like I, every single detail of our lives, um, work towards bring us to, each leap of faith, like each step, it's like informed by a, a myriad of variables. So there were so many different things at any given point that I can point to. I guess the most salient were um, understanding that I needed that for where my life was headed. Okay, th there are a couple of things. One, it's it's uh, knowing that I wanted and and felt called to like a larger platform and audience. Right. There was a time, a point in time where I wanted to start a podcast. Right. Like I actually like started recording something and I, I remember listening back to it. And I'm like, yo, like what qualifies me to be speaking right now? Like, what do I really know aside from my own lived experiences? Like I need. Like if I'm going to occupy a public platform, I need to steward it properly. Right. 
And what that looks like to me is being informed and like actually challenging my perspective. So it's not just me projecting my opinions onto other people, but you know, my thoughts then become like a synthesis of other scholarly thought and like vetted perspective, you know, like, so that way it was important for me, like knowing where my life was headed to like have that foundation in literature. But then two, it's like, okay, so in order to encourage that, like I need accountability, mm-hmm. right? So I need other people that'll help me, that'll help me read. But not just that, it's like, in terms of like what, because I've always known that like, I wanted me to feel something. And I'm like, the best way to do that is to be in community with people who are also trying to build something of themselves, like for themselves. And I was like, okay, this is not just a book club, but this is not like a community of men who can like build together. Like that was, that was, I think as far as I, I had gotten, right? Like in, this is why this is important, you know, was one, where I'm headed, I need to read. Two, not just do I need to read, but I need to be in community of other people that are willing to like do go along with this journey with me. And then three, like I understand that it's not just going to be about reading. This is going to be about building. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until we got into the space or actually, yeah, like then like, so that, that was what like made the decision to like, okay, book club, cool, let's do it. And I have faith, you know, I have faith. I was like, there has to be somebody, right? There has to be at least two men that want to read a book, like at least. And so I have this group message, um, this group me that I started when I moved to Dallas of just a whole bunch of transplants, black transplants in the community. Um, and it started off with like 30, I think around, like now it's around like 1300, between 1300 and 1500, I think is where we're at right now. And I was like, okay, well, this is literally, this is real estate, right? Like there, this is a pool. Somebody in here would want to read a book. And I literally asked, I was like, are any like niggas in here interested in starting a book club or do niggas not read? And I, I intentionally put that last piece in there because I wanted to provoke people a little bit, you know? Like I wanted people to get a little bit defensive because that's when people like, you know, take action the most is when they feel slightly offended, um, but like jokingly. Um, and niggas was like, well, I read. <laughs> and so they liked the message. It was about six of us. Um, and yeah, and so for about, Three weeks we're trying to coordinate when we were going to meet. And I was like, all right, uh, here niggas go. Not, you know, <laughs> being niggas. niggas. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, me, we're supposed to be here. Okay, nobody is lined up. Okay, cool. Next week. Nobody. Next week. And in that moment, I was like, what well, during that period of time, I was praying. I was like, well, one, I was praying for God's blessing of the vision. Because I, I didn't want to do it if God wasn't in it. Like that was yeah. that was the, one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing for me. I was like, if God, first of all, is this is this a view? Like, is this an idea that you want me to pursue? If so, I, and so like in those three weeks, like that was a whole bunch of like a whole bunch of things started happening, right? Then I started to see the bigger picture. I'm like, okay, this is not just about building. This is about healing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is about having people that we can like be vulnerable with this is about having a community that can hold us accountable not just for our like 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 i said what we're building tangibly with our hands or what's being built internally um this is a this is a movement right like this is not just a book club this is not just a point in time um this is transformation that's supposed to happen um or that's meant to happen and that will happen by way of what we're trying to accomplish and so with that said uh that just gave me a whole new fire for the book club. Like those three weeks that we weren't meeting were 
that that was when the seeds were really being planted of like this is what this is actually supposed to look like and then uh, and then once it started and then even on, on top of that my friend had sent me a podcast same friend um that got me to read she sent me a podcast uh that's called man enough by justin baldoni um and the episode was specifically uh featured a uh, gender non-conforming um guest and they were talking about kind of masculinity and the patriarchy specifically and the way in which like we as men really suffer from it mm-hmm. and that was while i was having these three weeks of you know thinking and prayer and vision and i get this podcast and i'm like this is why this is important right like this justified the need of like we go through so much in society and are not given the toolkit to properly express it or handle it you know and as a result, all of the trauma that we suppress is ended up like it ends up, you know, um, being projected onto or or impacting those around us. When I think about the women in my life, right, I have a lot of women friends, a lot of close women friends, and like when like a lot of women trust me, kind of with with their experiences, right? And it's mm-hmm. like hearing how they've engaged with men or how men have engaged with them. It's like there is there's such a deeper issue here. Right. Like it's not just about, oh, niggas ain't shit. It's like, no, no, no. Like, what is the institution? What's the structure that like results in niggas not being shit? And it's not to say that it's just niggas. I feel like we all go through our problems, but I think the problems that men face is very unique to the systems or like the institutions through which we've been socialized, Mm -hmm. which is the patriarchy, right? Which is the way in which we're taught to bottle our emotions or not even to experience them. Right. And so then we find somebody who's who for the first time allows us to feel comfortable expressing ourselves, but we don't even recognize that that's a need that we have. And so it's like, we can't even fully appraise the like value of this relationship and this person or what they're doing for us. But we do know like, or, but subconsciously internally, like we have, you know, this, uh, this cathartic experience and relationship that, that allows us to experience a, a, a touch of the humanity that we've been suppressing our entire lives. And it's like, you have that, but you can't fully acknowledge it or appraise it. And so by default, it's abuse, mm-hmm. right? Like by default, you know, like by default, you like you're, you're trauma dumping, right? Like by default, mm-hmm. you're giving somebody your heart and without even acknowledging that. And so it's like, then that just creates a whole bunch more com- complexity, mm-hmm. right? When, when, you, you're, when you yourself aren't even aware of the extent to which you've invested in this person or what you've given them, the weight of what you've given them. Right. And they're on the receiving end, like, oh wow, this person's really opening up to me. This person's really this. This person's really that. And like to you, it's like, well, this is what I can talk to. And it's like, ah, man, like without the proper appraisal of the, the emotional transaction that's literally happening in front of us, we can't steward it properly. Mm-hmm. So how do we get us as men to realize and go a little bit deeper into our emotional needs so that we can identify when it's being met? And so then when we can identify when it's being met, we can properly like steward that relationship, that person and honor what it is that they're doing for us, right? Like a lot of this is really about how can we be better men for like our communities, but largely mm-hmm. like better men for women, right? Because I've been on the receiving end of a whole bunch of stories and traumas and difficulties and all these things from women and their experiences with men. And I'm like, we gotta, you know, do something about this. And that starts with creating spaces for men to be able to talk in the first place but not just share our opinions not just go into echo chambers but like 
to be challenged by our opinions, right? Like to, to actually like dig um, and, and have something that gives us a starting point for how we're able to come to the table and, and think about a thought, think about uh, uh, an experience absent of our own biases. It's like, no, 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 let's get a professional's opinion. Let's get a scholarly thought here. And then let's let's figure out how this applies to our lives so we can then begin to have the difficult conversations without centering our own perspectives or lived experiences. Okay, so that's a good way to lead to the next question. So to kind of sum up what you said, you said basically you wanted to create a space where men who have traditionally been emotionally kind of abused by the system right Right. because there are these expectations on men these um limitations about where they can be and who they can be emotionally but at the same time they are the pillars of who we go to when we need emotional support but they don't have those opportunities to say you know hey i'm like it's almost like Atlas with the weight of the world on their shoulders. I have mm-hmm. to hold all of this up, but there's yeah. also no way for me to relieve some of this weight. And correct. so this book club is a space for you all to do that safely. Correct. correct. Okay. Correct. So with that, is that why you started the barbershop talks to host yeah. the book clubs? Correct. Absolutely. Cause the thing was like, I wanted to preserve the intimacy of the space, right? Like of the book club, but we meet bi-weekly and it's like, what, I'm, I am, and we are very intentional about just like, like I said, like, because I know how group dynamics work. When you have too many people, then less people contribute, like less people feel like, take ownership, right? Or like feel like they are a part, an integral part of that space. I want every single individual to feel important, right? Like to feel like this doesn't happen without them, you know? And so it's like, we wanted to keep the numbers like small, like and, and preserve like the intimacy of the space. Um, but with on that, with that, in that same breath, we recognize the impact that this space is having on us. So it's like, what does this look like in a public forum, right? And that is where Barbershop Talk came about, was understanding that this is a need, not just like met or not just um, present in the lives of the 13 people involved in this book club. This is present in the lives of like literally every man that exists, right? So like, mm-hmm. It'll be selfish of us to keep this to ourselves. And so barbershop talk is our way of getting everybody else involved in the healing and in the in the community that we've been able to cultivate um, in this intimate space of the book club. Okay, so give me a visual of barbershop talk. What is yeah, it? Yeah. So I like to say that barbershop talk is like it repurposes the um the 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 place the the it repurposes the barbershop to serve as a place of you know healing and community with other you know men um, and so every every black man grew up going to a barbershop every single one of us um, and that was that was kind of the one of the first places that many of us like were surrounded by a community of men right and and that's the first place that we begin to understand this concept of self-care in the form of like maintenance, in the form of like grooming, because mm-hmm. um, that's an act of self-care, right? And so it's like, how do I take this, but like bring healing to it, right? Like, how do I take this, but like bring love into it? Not that love does is void at the barbershop, but it's like, how do I make that the focal point? The love, the focal point in the barbershop, like the, the backdrop to which that love manifests. Mm-hmm. 
and that's what barber shop talk is. So like, we we offer we like bring a couple of barbers. Um, we offer free free haircuts uh, as well as free hair care products. Um, in addition to food, um, and uh, and as well as kind of like we we want to make an experience behind it, right? So it's not just like come here get your haircut, but it's like you're coming here for the love, right? You're coming here for the the discussion. That's the the focal point of barbershop talk. But it's supplemented by, like I said, the haircuts, the hair care products, the food. But then we also want to, you know, like I said, make that experience, make it holistic. And then, it, so as a result, we involve like artists to come. So we've had recently like a um, artist, Vic Moore, he's a super, super talented uh, artist in Dallas, um, showcase his work at the event. Um, we've had spoken word as well, because that's another uh, form of artistic expression. And so um, we had um, this guy, his name is Brandon, uh, be good love on on Twitter or oh, on Instagram, um, and he's been able to bless us with some really really just inspirational um, words, like some very artistic uh, you know poetry, um, because because I want to turn it into like a cultural experience, you mm-hmm. know, like I don't want you to just sit get a haircut and leave. It's like no no, no I want you to to feel. Um, I want all of your senses to be uh, stimulated in this space. Uh, so that's what the barbershop talk is. It's like this very comprehensive environments where which you're able to or, or this comprehensive environment that's familiar and that's that's reminiscent of, of kind of the spaces that we've grown up in and been socializing as black men centering love and centering our like you know advancement as a people um and that that also involves kind of the the artistic expression of other black men so you discuss the book and then they get haircuts and they eat, but you also maybe have a discussion with a therapist or an artist or yeah, so, things so, like that. Yeah, the, the exact flow of the event is like you come in and typically like, you know, this time around we have the art set up. So you come in and that's kind of the first thing that you're greeted by. Mm-hmm. And we were very intentional this time around of like having art that like depicts black men. I think it's important for us to see ourselves expressed artistically. I don't think we see that enough, right? Um, cause that's very important for me. Uh, that, that, that is its own rabbit hole of a thought and idea, but you know, I think it's important for us to see. Um, so that's thing number one. And then, then you, uh, of course check in, um, but, and you're assigned to like a group, group A, group B. Uh, but, um, so then on, uh, we kick it off with a spoken word uh, from one of the, from the poet that is present at the event, um, about the theme of whatever the book is that we're discussing. So the last one was all about love and the poet spoke on love, the meaning of it. Mm. Um, and so from there, we, uh, you know, introduce everybody that's there involved. So that includes a therapist, um, that includes artists, that includes just everybody that's present um, and a part of this. And then they go off into their respective groups, um, group A, group B, or how many other groups, you know, we need. And that's when the conversation starts. Um, so it's a moderated conversation all the while um, people are getting haircuts, right? So everybody that comes in that wants a haircut can get one. Um, and so we take that you know, information as sign in, but during the conversations, uh, we are calling those people up to the chairs. And so um, then from there, go back to the conversation and, and intermission we eat, um, either come back to the conversation or if we feel like we've discussed enough, then I mean, we wrap up. Um, and then people will get to take their free hair care products uh, and also shop our merchandise on the on the on their way out. So, how many participants do you have? Yeah, so this last time we had about forty five guys. Um, oh um, wow, that's good. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was really dope. It's it's dope to to see. Um, I would say I would say it's been 
it's been beautiful to see because like niggas don't go to events. <laughs> like that's one thing that I had to, you know, that's one thing I had to level set. Like I was telling one of my, uh, I was talking to come a couple of my friends about this because it's like initially it's like more women would be interested in, in going than it would be men. Like more women would hit me up actively like, hey, like can I come to your event? And I'm like, okay, like where's this energy, you know, for men? Like I need this here. Um, however, like. And so I think it, it, there's been a little bit of a level setting that I needed to experience of like, okay, Cuba, like let's understand that you're creating something or you're meeting a need that often, like that isn't even acknowledged at times, right? And so let's be mindful of having just one person in the door, right, is, is an accomplishment, you know? So the fact that we have 45, like that's huge, you know? Um, and I mean, hopefully it only gets bigger, um, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, it's been a pretty sizable audience these last couple of times only <laughs> 45 is good so and i think the also the, the issue is that like i've seen this vision like at the full scale of my head right and so it's like one thing i need to remind myself is there are steps to get there yeah. right so because i see this i see this vision touching like hundreds of thousands of people right mm -hmm. and so then when i when so when i compare hundreds of thousands in my head to five in front of me it's like oh this is not this mm -hmm. um but one thing that God has been showing me is that all of this is a process and it's like what you do with a little, you know, like how do I make sure that I'm creating an experience for 13 guys in the book club, 45 people in this event prior to trying to create an experience for hundreds of thousands of people. Like I need to do this first well. So now I'm able to sit and like, ah. Even as I say 45, I'm like, wow, that's one, two, three, four, 45. That's four. good. <laughs> and the scripture that came to mind, I'm horrible at quoting scriptures. So it's scripture-ish, but it's, um, he talks about um, in the Bible, if you're faithful over the small things, I'll make you ruler over yes. many. So you just start with yes. that one thing. If you get one person yes. to come to, yes. it's, a, listen, you yes. celebrate it all. So, cause when Absolutely. you said 45, I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing, you know. But you also talked about you talked about earlier that your friend Taylor, she mm -hmm. recommended all about love, and I have that book here. And I have yet to start oh, it, <laughs> so I wanted to know what was it about this book that made it important for you to start with that selection, and how did the men receive it? So mm. <laughs> that's, that's a great question. So I don't know. So like. That that book, um, honestly, I didn't even know what I was getting into when I opened it. Um, I just, I what I what made me want to do it was that Bell Hooks, the late Bell Hooks, is a is a black feminist, and I was like, black men, I want us to be uncomfortable, I want us to like be challenged. So let's read the work of a black feminist, and let's read something that we probably wouldn't pick up um, initially, and that's what drew me to all about love. And that's exactly how it was received. It was like, I remember there were a couple of things I was like, this is probably not the book I would pick, but I'm here for it, you know, or I'm open. <clears throat> so there was an initial discomfort, I would definitely say, but there was also an initial intrigue. And I think like the, by the first session, we all knew, yeah, this is what we're supposed to be reading. You mm -hmm. know, like the first session got super deep because like the first chapter is like, addressing our cynicism about love and our inability to define it but it's also like but also like the centricity of it in our lives and chapter two is about like our childhood right like and and confronting the lovelessness that a lot of us experience in our childhood and it's like those were the first like two chapters that we talked about in a book club so it just it immediately got deep 
And so there was no, there was really no awkwardness, you know, once things started, because it was like, well, this book has like literally ripped me open. So here we are. And this is what we're going to talk about. And so, and, and, and <clears throat> as a result, right, like it set the foundation for what the space was going to be about. Mm. Right. Like it's literally all about love. When I think about the book club, it's all about love. When I think about the Renaissance, um, like that's all about love to me. Like the way that we exist as humans, all of it is about love. And I think there's just there wasn't a more fitting, I would say, like title. Right. Or theme concept for what it is that we're trying to create. And so that's why for the first barbershop talk of this year. Right. Which felt like the first official barbershop talk. The one last year felt like more of a pilot. Um, mm -hmm. or was a pilot. I mean, it was a proof of concept. Like this one, we were like, no, 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 this is all about love. Let us, you know, center that. And that's kind of what the book meant and did for us. Okay. So what have you all read since then? Yeah. So um, All About Love was our first book. Then we read The Four Agreements right mm -hmm. after. Um, we then read The Night in the Rusty Armor. Um, we read Man Enough by Justin Baldoni. We read, um, we just finished, oh no, 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 then we read The Alchemist. We've read um, How to Be Black. That is <laughs> a, a very interesting book. Um, and then we're reading Relationship Goals by Mike Todd right now. So it's okay. been like, oh, it's been a full range of stuff and I'm, I'm sure I'm, I might be missing one. Um, but but yeah, those are, those are the ones that come to mind. I didn't hear many fiction selections. Do you all... Is it only going to be nonfiction? Do you plan so, any fiction? Books? Yeah. So, so the the night of the rusty armor. Um, oh, is that fiction? Yeah, that's fiction. So that's mm -hmm. like a clearly a fairy tale. Um, mm -hmm. and so that was that was interesting. And then the alchemist as well. So those two were our fiction selections. Okay. The alchemist. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. It's an allegory, and mm -hmm. I look okay. at it more as like a self help type thing. Okay. okay. I didn't okay. dislike it. I just yeah. it was. Put it like this. When I read it, it was so, so many celebrities had talked about how it changed their lives. Mm -hmm. And so I was expecting something different. And then I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I hate it though. <laughs> so, so, and that how did y'all so receive it? <laughs> that is so, that is so fair. I think like, I feel like that's a book that chooses you, right? Like, uh -huh. I feel like. Cause I, I, that was my second time trying to read the book. The first time I read it, I was like, I'm really, it's not given what I, I what is this about? You know, like, I'm okay. glad it wasn't just me. It's not just you. It's not just you. And I mean, I felt like even some of the guys, yeah. were like, okay, cool. Like slow build, like a dude find his treasure. Okay. Yeah. You know, it just, I think it's a book that has to choose you, right? Like I think, you know, certain things certain concepts mean more when you're in a season that reflects what's being written. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like me personally, like I was in the season and am in the season of like pursuing my purpose. Like I'm in the season of like trying to identify my treasure and trying to listen and be responsive to the universe and how it's directing me, you know, towards where I feel like I'm headed. And so it's like I feel like the allegory needs to be present in your life. Right. Like that theme, that pursuit needs to be there so that you and because like, if you don't identify with uh, I think Santiago is the, the main character, like if you don't personally identify with him, then it's like you're just watching this guy you know, go through these things. And it's like, okay, congrats. But it's like, for me, you know, I, I was literally there with him, you know? Um, so I think it really just depends on where you are and what your priorities are. In the moment for, for Maybe so. Cause I, I just read it like a year or two ago um, and I don't know, it was to me, it was just a way he 
because I think the guy was uh, had been in seminary or you know studying to be a priest or some sort and I was like he's really taking the bible and just simplified it so Mm. being further along in that journey I was just like Mm. I mean you know you have to have many tools for your toolbox so I wasn't knocking Mm. it it just didn't resonate with me like it had resonated Mm. with others who I had heard about Reddit and next on my list I do have the four agreements so I was you know so I'll try different things and I'm just like okay it just confirms you know Mm. in a different way what I've already been taught and yeah gives a new perspective on it you know because all things work together for the good who are called according to the purpose is the same as the universe conspires to blah 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 you know what i'm saying so it's correct i I was just like i already know what this is about (laughs) (laughs) you know but it was simple so i was like okay it's a good short read so i didn't dislike it Mm -hmm. um I did want to talk to you about the famous t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> black man. Tell me about it. What is it? What does it say? Because that's not the only thing it says. And why is it important for this to be your signature product for the book? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, so yeah, let's start, let's start from the journey, you know, of like the, just the very beginning. Um, So I, in starting the, the book club and, and turning this into a nonprofit, like there's so many visions, there's so many extensions and ways in which I see this coming to life. But I, I, I wanted to have something tangible that reflects what this journey um, is about, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, hey, black man was not the initial thought, right? Like, like my my friend was helping me design a shirt, and, and we had a couple ideas. But like the, the thing that stood out, the thing that I was praying on was like, what is, how are people going to um, or rather, what is the imagery of the Renaissance? Like, what what is that about? Because mm-hmm. um, when I like when I was briefing my friend about it, I was like, "What you're doing right now, like the art that you're creating, like this is uh, this essentially is is the artistic expression of the Renaissance, right?" And so then it's like, "What does the Renaissance mean to me? What is what, how does that you know manifest in in apparel, right?" Like, and so there are so many questions, but the intention was was like I said, depicting the Renaissance artistic. Um, <clears throat> then fortunately, within our first event, um, Nia, Nia Taylor, um, owner of Black Lid, um, she like, cause the timeline of like the shirt just didn't end up working out. And so like, we needed something last minute. Um, and so she ended up like making this poster um, that has this, this messaging on it. Um, so it says, hey, black man, you're not alone. You're loved, you're worthy, you are heard, right? And like, she made the, the poster and she like surprises what they didn't have like the attendees signing. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is beautiful. Like, cause it was like, it was speaking directly to me, you know, like she like did that intentionally like for my own benefit. I was like, wow, like that, that was just, it just meant so much. Cause it's like, there's no drawing that, that can clearly communicate what this clearly communicates. It's, it's, it's just so in your face. Like mm-hmm. there's no question about what it says. So anywho, um, so she put that in a poster and then in our, the bookmarks that we handed out to attendees, like she also put that there and <clears throat> told me that like she had, um, you know, put this on, put this on shirts before uh, she was sold online. Uh, and so I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to have shirts, you know, to sell at the, at the event, 
uh, or at least rather for the, the guys in a, a part of our book club to be able to wear um, at the event and then potentially sell it later. But long story short, the timing ended up working such that um, we were able to put this on crewnecks and just give it out to the guys. And so between like December and, you know, January, we had November and January, we we're just wearing it, you know, like around. And I remember like in wearing it, I was like, wait, this is, I remember every time I put it on, it just felt like an act of self-love, you know, like it was cold outside and warm in my apartment. So to get cozy, I'm putting on my Hey Black Man crew neck and I'm, you know, like it just, it was doing something to me mentally that I was like, this needs, this is, this is shifting something in me, right? Like this is doing something to me that needs to be done to other people. Like this is allowing me to, it's another expression of like self-love and me wearing it around. Like to me, it was like an invitation to other people of like into love, right? Like it literally says, hey, black man. It's like every black man that like looks at it is like, hey, black man, what? Okay, you're not alone. <laughs> you're love, you know, you're worthy, you are heard. And so it's like, it says what I want to everything that I'm doing to say. Um, and, and it puts it right in your face. And so to me, that is just, the beauty of all of this is just a very, very clear message to Black men that, that like, we are loved, right? That, and that we need, and we need to hear that. We need to be told that. We need to be affirmed of that. Just randomly walking down the street, like, you need to see something that tells you, hey, Black man, that you are loved. Like, in a society that sets convinces of otherwise, like, hey, Black man is intended on reminding Black men that we are infinitely loved, right? And so, um, that that's kind of that was kind of why we wanted to now make this a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like I came to Nia and I was like, "Hey, like this is this is this is big, right? Like well, let's." And she was like, "Yeah, I mean, y'all can do whatever y'all want to do with it." And I was like, "Wow, like thank you, you know." And she's allowed us to like turn this into a platform, into fundraising for our brand, and and there, there, like I said, there just wasn't a more fitting message. Like there's quite literally not a more fitting message than what is very clearly communicated. Um, on this crew neck, on the t-shirts that we're selling. Um, and, and like my goal, right? Like my hope is just, is just for every black man to know that they're loved. Like, it's very simple. I think like the truth about, you know, humanity, the truth about love, it's just, it's so simple, but we, we complicate it um, mm -hmm. as humans, right? Like, and, and yeah, I, I just, like I said, I, I want every black man, regardless of what they're going through, regardless of what their day has looked like, you know, regardless of what the standing of their relationships, regardless of the mistakes that they have made, the people that they have hurt, the people that have hurt them, it's like you are still loved because that is the truth of how God loves us, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I want that to be what resonates to everybody every time they encounter our brand. I love it. I can't wait to get my shirt. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much for placing the order. I really do appreciate it. I'm going to order two more too, and I'm going to donate thank them you. to friends. Um, I so. love that. I love that. Thank you so much. And that and that is something that I would hope to see more of, right? Mm -hmm. Like his gifting. Like I want, <clears throat> I want people to buy this for a black man, you know? Because it's like we, there is, yeah. I want people to be like, oh, okay. Like there's a black man in my life. What what is a perfect gift for me to to give to him? Oh, this this this, this is it. <laughs> like you know, everything that I want to tell him, it's already written on this T-shirt. It's already written on this T-shirt, and I was like, oh, this. when I went and looked, I was like, oh, this. I, and I'm I'm the type of person who would have said, oh yeah, I'll support your T-shirt. So when you messaged yeah. me, I was like, I had to do it. I just don't remember. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. 
you talk a lot about your mom and your sisters and your friends, but yes. who modeled for you as a man, the Renaissance man, Black mm-hmm. love and Black reading? What male figure mm-hmm. showed up for you to say, hey, this is, you know, mm-hmm. what you should aspire to be? That's a great question. It could be more than one person. I was about to say, like, I feel like I, I picked up different pieces from different people, mm. right? Because I feel like a Renaissance man is the sum of many parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think my dad was really big on, like, grooming, right? Like, how do you present yourself? Um, mm-hmm. And kind of taking away all of that stigma from doing the things that people would traditionally consider feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, he would always, like, iron our shirts before before school. Like, the night before we put it, we leave our, it was almost like Christmas, right? You put your clothes out on the rail and then you, uh, and it'd be all wrinkled. Then you wake up the next morning, it's pressed perfectly. You know, our shoes are polished, like all of these things just so put together. But then also like, he's a huge advocate of like the power of the mind, right? And I think that's where the Renaissance starts, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's where all of this starts. It's like understanding the power that we have as individuals to create, one, just to create, but two, to like self-actualize. I think that's what we're here for, right? And that's what the alchemist will tell you. That's why I really love the book because the alchemist is about pursuing your purpose for the sake of self-actualization, but like not just for self-actualization's sake, but for the sake of the world, right? Like us existing and moving in our highest highest selves, advancing our or, or like achieving our purpose or rather pursuing it, like that improves the world around us, right? Because our purpose um, in my eyes and, and according to Christianity, right? Like my, my belief system, is always meant for, for the glorification of God, which is like the the advancement and the lifting of everybody around mm-hmm. us. It's all about the whole, you know? And so my dad was the first guy that was like, your mind is your strongest weapon. Your mind is this, your mind is that, your mind is this, your mind is that. And so I think he's the person that like really got me into understanding the power of my mind. And I think, like I said, that is, that is where it's like, that is where everything else, you know, um, stems from. So in terms of how you like, the content that you consume, right? Are you, like the the experiences that you look for, the the music that you listen to, like the music that you create, like the art that you create, like literally everything is a product of your mind, right? And so um, I would say like he modeled like the most integral component of like the Renaissance man to me, which is um, a sharp mind and a mind that like is intellectually curious um, and always trying to find the greater meaning behind things and how to how to create, how to produce. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, and then my, we, I had this one neighbor, my God, his name is Mr. Vincent. Um, and <laughs> he is just the most like, just out there individual, you know? And he really like, he, he's so, he taught me a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he was a guy that was like, I'm gonna cook, I'm gonna cook the best meal ever. And I'm I'm going to have a great time doing it. I'm gonna create a whole environment around this. I'm gonna decorate my house. You know, I'm gonna take some, I'm gonna take pride in literally every expression of myself. You know, like he like, he would take us to the fair, take us around, like drive, drive us to different areas, like to, to see the world, right? To see what the world has to offer and, and Kind of awaken that intellectual curiosity as well as our like self-sufficiency in terms of like what we as men can do right because he would always say i can do anything a woman can do <laughs> you know aside from aside from give birth you know like he would always that was his catchphrase and so it's like let us be well-rounded right let us 
you know, chip away at the things that prevent us from being full humans, full and complete humans, mm-hmm. um, and embrace, you know, embrace all that that life has to, to offer. I think my dad got me to, to the point where, like, mentally, I desired that, and then um, Mr. Vincent got me to the point where it's like, okay, this is what this could tangibly like look like. Um, so I would say those two, those two, those two men have definitely um, have definitely influenced my perception of like what a Renaissance man is. Okay, we. Um, discussed earlier about the stigma. We didn't do go into it a lot, but we all know that there's a stigma that black men do not read. <laughs> we kind of, you know, uh, grazed over that a little bit. What would you tell a young black man or any black man for that matter who might say, I don't like to read? How would you convince them that reading is fundamental? Like they used to say when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> That this shit is not lame. Like, because I feel like that's the barrier. I feel like niggas be like, oh, this shit is lame. I'm not about to be like, it's not lame. Like, it's cool, right? Like, it is cool to read. Like, if you want to be quote unquote that nigga, read a book, you know? <laughs> like, and I think that is that is what we're trying to do, right? right? That is, I think, the message behind the message. It's like, that's why we package up this book discussion and barbershop talk. That's why we package up this this loving message and apparel it's like our goal is to make all this self-work like culturally relevant so people can see themselves within it mm-hmm. right so it's not like this is a foreign concept that i could never see myself a part of because this is lame it's like no no, no. you have a whole bunch of cool niggas reading books like so you can do that too like and i think i think that's the communication gap like so our, our literal mission statement is like bridging the gap between academia and entertainment surrounding the holistic wellness of black men so it's like when you're able to take this act of reading like literature, like all of this and package it into like entertainment, right? Like when you're able to bridge that gap, then you have a lot of people who are like, oh, okay. Like this person that I look up to that's doing this fly ass shit, like he's reading a book. Maybe I should pick that up as well. So I think the message is like, this shit is cool, right? Like it's, it, it is take away all the, all the stereotypes that you got about it. Like what's, what's not cool is not reading. You know, and I think that's what needed to be told to me, right? Like too good, like, it is not cool to not want to read a book. Like it is not cool to be ignorant, you know, like it is in fact, you know, it's not cool to be ignorant. It's not cool to be ignorant. (laughs) Like that's like, you're not that guy. You're not, if you want to be him, quote unquote, read a book, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. I I think, I think that's as simple as it is. Like it, it is, it is something that's necessary for us to, to, to be, you know, just proper functioning like black men. You know, I feel like life is too short for us not to be reading. Like there's too much going on for us not to be not to be reading. Like our, our lives are consistently in, in, in danger with the, the longer that we go like in, in our ignorance right? the further that we go in our ignorance. Um, so, yeah, like it, it's cool to read. It's cool OK, to read. I have a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up. Okay. So what has been your greatest joy so far in starting this book club? Um, uh, I feel like every, every, every revelation that, that we have, like in the sessions, like the sessions are like the actual one on like the, the book club sessions, every time they consistently surprise me because I'd be so nervous about the books that we pick or like, you know, that are, are selected in terms of, cause I'd be letting the spirit move in terms of picking these books, right? Like mm-hmm. I'd be letting the spirit move. But I'm like, okay, are niggas really going to connect with this? You know, like, is this going to... Or they're gonna be like, why are we reading this? You know, but then every conversation just 
and seeing the niggas open up, seeing everybody like the, the jokes that are made, the the literal joy that and love that's present in the room. Like to me, that just it I remember the first couple of sessions, it was overwhelming because I'm like, wow, like this is this is love, right? This is a external manifestation of love. Like we are really here in the midst of love. And seeing black men like engage in this way, I think that that's been the biggest joy, right? Because you, you just the space that we're in, like you just don't see that often. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Listen, I feel it now. <laughs> I'm excited for you. Thank so, you. what do you see this book club going? What is your vision? Do you uh, plan to expand to other cities like Fort Worth or worldwide? What's your vision for it? Mm-hmm. Honestly, my vision is God is whatever God's vision is for Damn. it. That's I, I I see a lot of things. I see so many things, but ultimately it is, yeah, and I could I could talk about technical steps, but they change, you know? Like initially <laughs> when we started, I was like, I want to be in Charlotte. I want to be in Atlanta. I want to be in DC. I want to be here. I want to be here. That, like, you know, and God is like, that's what you want, nigga. <laughs> he ain't me, but I mean, I was like, that's what you want. I mean, you know, <laughs> sometimes he might have to talk to us. He, like you know? <laughs> but yeah um but but at the end of the day honestly i i just see this being something that that centralizes love in the lives of black men Mm -hmm. and that that is it you know like just gonna put that there centralizes love in the lives of black men well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I learned so much. Listen, I've been—I don't know why I followed the book club page, but I did, and I'm, I'm like, so oh, really interesting. So I'm so glad I got a chance to learn more in depth about it. But before you get out of here, I like to ask little goofy questions. Usually okay. at the end of the show i it's usually me and my friends so we will mm-hmm. gossip or talk about a tv show or a book that we have mm-hmm. in common or i'll ask a couple of you know just thought-provoking questions so this season i'm doing just a little either or this or that you pick one or okay. the other with one final it. question that i want you to think about okay sounds so, good mm-hmm. and not knowing you, these questions are assuming certain things. So okay. if, if they don't fit you, you do get to say, hey, neither one. Okay. okay so good. Marvel or DC? Oh, okay. So Marvel. <laughs> okay. Marvel. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fritos, corn chips, or classic lace? Classic lace. Okay. Uh, fiction or nonfiction? Hmm. Non-fiction. Okay. Non-fiction, yes. A fresh fade or a good shade? If you had to choose. A fresh fade or a good shade? Shave. Mm. Oh, fresh fade or a good shade. Ooh. Oh, that's, that's, that is, that is an absurd question. (laughs) (laughs) You got to pick one. You can't get both. Okay, okay, okay. I would, I would say, I would say a fresh, a fresh fade. Fresh fade. Okay. (laughs) Let's do that. Reading or writing? Mm. Which would you rather do? Writing. Writing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm a, I'm a big journaler. Like, I, I, like that my journal has saved my life. You know, like reading has changed my life, but my journal has saved my life. So I'm <laughs> writing. Okay. Costco or Sam's? Hmm. Sam's, only because I grew up with it. 
Costco's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, Target or, or Walmart? Target. Target is just so much more peaceful. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. The carts don't make noise when you walk them. I'm like, <laughs> like but in the Football or baseball? Ooh, football. <laughs> okay. okay. Afro beats or hip hop? Afro beats, 100%. Okay. If someone wanted to get into listening to Afro beats, what, who would be your top five artists? Burner Boy, for sure. Davido, O, Wizkid. These are like the more like, I guess the artists that have crossed over. So that's that's where I'd have to start. But Burner Boy is my favorite. But yeah, Burner Boy, David O, Wizkid, um, I would say Thames, and then uh who would be a fifth? Fifth. Hmm. Fifth is hard. Oh. I would say, I would say once you once you've gotten through them four mm -hmm. and you want to get a little bit more authentic taste of like Afrobeats, like where it really, you know. I, I would say, <laughs> I, would, I would say flavor, flavor, flavor. because he's a Nigerian like uh, staple, right? Like okay. all of us grew up listening to flavor at our parties, and so it's like if you want to know, like if you want to get a little bit closer to the heart of like African music, I, I would go flavor. I mean, there are a couple others as well, but but flavor. Like, I, I would go. Okay, I'm gonna give it a try. My niece introduced me to we said Davido, but it's Davido. Yeah. <laughs> she introduced me to him so I like him so I'll try the rest of them okay so when you think about your life what do you want your legacy to be what do you want to be remembered for spreading love like I want people to remember me as somebody who like like it like I was when I was present love was present right like mm. that 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 is that is it like love love and joy like Somebody who, and when I say love is present, like, okay, how do we define love? Like, I want somebody, like, when people remember me to, to remember that, like, I, I was or moved in reflection of, like, how God loves. Mm -hmm. that, that, is, that, is, that is what I want people to know is, like, Shuga was somebody that, that showed me a reflection of God's love. Uh, I love it. Thank you, Chuka. Chuka Akpum, where can people find you? Yeah, y'all can um follow me on Instagram at chuka underscore akpom, C-H-U-K-A underscore A-K-P-O-M. Um, also, uh, I would say, like, any questions about, you know, Renaissance Man Book Club, like, all of that can be directed towards chuka at renaissancemanbc.com. Um, that's my email. I know some people can't spell Renaissance. I learned how to spell it through this journey. So, like, Google Renaissance before you type that email. And then if you want to actually, like, follow the specific page, uh, we are on Instagram at R-A-N Book Club. All right. Thank you. And please make sure you purchase a shirt. Um, it's for a good cause. As you can see, you can go to on Instagram, click, click the link tree, and it'll take you right to the order. And you can pre-order, and they come out. They drop, I think, June the 9th. And I can't yeah. wait to get mine. So y'all will see it on the podcast as soon as I get it. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Well, that's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Tracy J. Cass. 
you can find me on Facebook at Author Tracy J. Cass. Be sure to visit my web website, tracyjcast.com, and sign up for my newsletter to get exclusive content. Also, make sure to subscribe, share with a friend, and give me a five-star review. That's it. See you all next week. Have a great day. Thank you.